Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It is a major as grand as they come. Welcome to TC Live at the U.S. Open presented by Evian. This isn't Parisian croissants and Cebu play. It's bagels and schmear meet six love bagel your peer. This is New York City, where you don't curtsy at the queen. You take the seven train to Queens. Two weeks of high octane in your face madness. And that energy was next level for Serena last night. in Arthur Ashe Stadium. Twirl for Serena. It's a hashtag. It's trending. And Williams once again featured in Arthur Ashe Stadium tonight with her sister Venus headlining the night session in doubles, followed by Rafa Nadal, plus major champions Iga Sviantek and Sloane Stephens meet in what could be the singles match of the day. Come on in, TC Live, every day, your two-hour pregame show to get you ready for first ball. It is day four of the U.S. Open. Steve Weissman back with the coaching legend, Paul Anico and Canadian superstar, Jeannie Bouchard, and from 60 Minutes, John Wertheim. Jeannie, the Serena Open continues. <laughs> yes, it's all about Serena this week. We love to see it. I have no words from last night. Just wow. I felt like I was watching vintage Serena from 10 years ago. Uh, or more, and I just don't think she should retire. I'm going to have to talk to her. Like, <laughs> this can't happen. I just think it was such high-quality tennis from both players, actually, and it was so fun to watch. We talk about transition games in tennis. How about the transition in this storyline? 72 hours ago, it was, hey, I hear Gil King might be coming and Serena will get this farewell. Now it's, why is she playing doubles? And can she win this tournament? And we've turned this into a tennis story the movement is unrecognizable from two weeks ago. The serve is on, and suddenly, hey, wait a second. She's won this thing six times. She just took out the number two player in the world. Why can't she win a seventh? Yeah, it's, it's amazing to watch, right? I mean, there's so many times where we talk about the prowess of great athletes and we talk about what they're capable of doing, and we watch the skills start to diminish a little bit, and you wonder, is it still there? Well, you know, one of my favorite phrases is never bet against great because they've done it so much. And I tell you what, you go into an arena like Arthur Ashe Stadium and you listen to the decibel levels for that. It is absolutely awesome in such a great way for Serena. I think it lifts her incredibly. And I don't even know how you weigh how difficult it is for the other mm. person on the other side. So it's an amazing environment. She's doing great. The latest Time Magazine cover calls her the greatest. Her time is not up yet. Let's take you back. Serena, 74-2, second-round matches at majors. Did not wear the cape, Jeannie, to walk on court, but still had the superpowers. Now she's focused on the tennis, Steve. It's all about battling, and she was using her legs and her body amazingly to create power and dominate the points. 
Her serve, still the best of all time as well. Uh, didn't let her down. She used it to get herself out of tricky moments. And the crowd was just behind her the entire time. This point was uh, actually unbelievable. We're only seeing the, the tail end of it, but Serena was able to transition there, defense to offense, do a signature swinging volley, love to be aggressive. And by the end, she had just completely defeated her opponent, I think, mentally as well. That is vintage Serena right there. Takes out the number two player in the world. Let's hear from Serena Williams on court after. Honestly, I'm just looking at it as a bonus. I don't have anything to prove. I don't have anything to win. And um, I have absolutely nothing to lose. And honestly, I never get to play like this since 98, really. Um, literally, I've had an X on my back since 99. So it's kind of fun. And I, I really enjoy just coming out and enjoying it. And it's been a long time since I've been able to do that. Very insightful there from Serena Williams. She gets Isla Tomjanovic next. Who knows? The, the draw is opening up. Samsonova up there with Krunic. But all eyes are on Serena Williams right now. She was asked how she beat the number two player in the world. She said, uh, I'm pretty good too. Yeah, she absolutely is. And the amazing thing is, listen to those words. If she mm -hmm. can follow those words and actually keep that mantra in her mind, it's going to be really tough to beat her because she's releasing the pressure and allowing herself just to play and enjoy it, which she said she hasn't been able to do since when? Was it? She 99, the X on her back. So yeah. I'll tell you what, but I, you know, knowing the mind of athletes, even the great ones too, when they start to see the possibility and the what-ifs come into play, that's when it gets complicated. The great ones like Serena usually find a way over it, but the closer she gets to the finish line, the more difficult it's going to be to keep that We're not there yet. Right. <laughs> exactly. That had uh, Serena D. Crickstein, Serena D. Baghdadis. I mean, this had such an, an emotional angle to it. Athletes, we talked about this yesterday, athletes are really good at telling themselves stories to motivate themselves, to process defeat, and I think this is really clever. Listen, no one expects anything from me. I won this thing in 99, and ever since then, I've been Serena Williams. I'm going to transport myself to Great. the time when I was an underdog. Hey, if Serena Williams wants to fancy herself an underdog and that's what gets her through matches, God bless her. I know it's hard to believe anyone truly believes she is an underdog, even though she is saying that about herself. But I loved what she said there because it reminds me of Emma Rajukanu, where she mentioned her target on the back. And it just shows that Serena has had to deal with this mm -hmm. for like 20 years now. And can you imagine playing, going on the court, being expected to win every single time? I mean, that just shows her mental strength. I definitely can't. And, <laughs> and her greatness. <laughs> she said, I I'm just Serena. I wish we could all be just Serena. It's pretty amazing stuff. We'll hear more from Serena later in the show as we lead up to day four. There's the number one ranked American in the world, Jess Pagula, coming to work. She's number four in the race right now. Takes on Alexandra Sasnovich later today. Still to come on the show are Evian Americans in action with Coco, Maddie, Tommy, Paul, and more. Plus, Prakash Worldwide back with more No Limit content. And we are joined by Martin Blackman of the USDA to talk about the state of American tennis. But first, from legends to teenagers to former champions, day three had it all. We'll tell you who survived to reach the third round in New York City. Jeannie, John, Paul, and Steve back on TC Live, presented by Evian. A reminder to stay connected to the U.S. Open on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Join the conversation with hashtag U.S. Open. Time to get caught up on Wednesday's action and a collision course for a couple top American women. Paul, 
match. We start with former U.S. Open finalist Madison Keys hard-hitting battle against Camilla Georgie. That's a great word, collision, with these two players because there's a ball <laughs> being hit about Mach 50 every point. It was an amazing exhibition of power from both players, and Maddie Keys did a nice job the first set. She won the battle of that power, served it out at 6-4. Give Camilla Georgie some credit, though. She fought back hard, winning that second 7-5, and really at the beginning of the third, set the tone in a good way by coming up with some really big shots, and that was the first one right there to get the first game. Got that big lead. Look at the scoreboard. 4-1 in the tiebreak. That's after Georgie was up 5-2 in the third. So, Maddie, a terrific tiebreak. And Camilla Georgie, a bucket load of unforced errors at the beginning of the tiebreak. But for Maddie Keys, a great mental effort to come back in the third set. Into the third round for the seventh time here. So she'll face the winner of Coco Golf and Gabriella Roos. Jeannie, a rematch from Wimbledon that Coco won. Yes, it was so great to watch Coco show off her athleticism here. She was just getting every ball back, and it made it really hard for her opponent to finish off the point. Served really well, had six aces, and actually had to serve at 128 miles an Ooh, hour. Say what? 128! <laughs> her parents are like, what was that? She said afterwards she actually didn't feel like she hit it that hard, which, I mean, I would love to feel that way. <laughs> um, some really great points between these two girls. Uh, Coco being able to transition way behind the baseline there and just get these balls back and make it so hard for her opponent. She seems to be super comfortable on Ash right now. And uh, just such fun points to watch. Look at that. Your movement's amazing. Huh? Her athleticism yeah. and ability to transition from the defense to offense. Amazing. Huge strength of hers, for sure. She actually had to come back from 3-5 down in the second set. Saved a couple of set points. And then get up for Coco. <laughs> Able to move on to round three. Talks about her development after. Well, I think my serve is a lot better. I'm winning a lot of first serve points. Um, Forehand has improved a lot, return has improved, and also just my mentality on the court today, down love 35-3, definitely could have threw it in a can and got ready for the third set, same at 15-40, but I didn't, and I think that shows growth. I feel like in the past, those are games that I would have lost, and um, yeah, it's about learning, and I think I'm learning. She's not really a teenager. Not her maturity is huh? really, it's more mature than I am. Uh, here is the draw. <laughs> Golf keys. It's that All-American third-round matchup that we have been anticipating. They played in Adelaide earlier this year. Keys won in three sets. John, what's going to be the biggest factor in this matchup? Madison Keys hitting her targets. You said this, Jeannie, that these matches are on Madison Keys' rackets. I yeah. think that's going to be the case here. Yeah, I think with a player with so much firepower like Madison Keys, it really depends which one shows up that day. She can belt the ball and, and play amazing, and if she can contain it and not make too many unforced errors, often she will win the match against any of the players in this draw. Uh, if Coco can stay with her, can absorb that pace, be consistent enough, make Maddie hit that extra ball, I think then Coco has the edge. You've got speed on both sides, right? You've got foot speed against the speed of the ground strokes of Madison Keys. Who has more pressure, Paul, do you think, heading into this match? Um, I, I think it's self-imposed. You know, I think it's about, about whoever deals with it the best way, and the pressure is going to be coming from inside for both of these uh, young women. The thing that's really interesting for me is that Madison Keys is one of the few players on tour that can take the racket out of every single person's hand. And We talked about uh, Coco's defense. She can even take it out of Coco's hands, but with Madison, she knows she's going to have to hit smaller targets because Coco moves so well. 
And will, be, will she be able to find that middle gear in the pressure situations, Madison Keys, or will the unforced errors come, like Jeannie said? It's going to be mm. kind of up to what Madison does on the court. That 128-mile-an-hour serve, one off the record. Serena's right. hit at 129 before, so maybe. 128, a big That's a big serve for Coco Gauff. <laughs> Cannot wait for that all-American matchup on the men's side. We had defending champion John Daniil Medvedev. He's won his last 13 second-round matches at majors, taking on the former Texas A&M Aggie, Arthur Rinderknecht. Rinderknecht. Keep in mind, this is the match that followed Serena Williams, so these guys sort of waited around. There was a lot of emotion, and then the emotion and the drama, it sort of drained just because Medvedev was doing Medvedev things. This is a guy who's won eight straight matches here at this event. He's the number one seed. He's a defending champion. Maybe we should be talking about enough nice moments for Rinderness, who played some nice points here and there, but he did not break Medvedev's surf once. He had to face, look at this, flat strokes. This was kind of a, a vintage performance from a guy who is probably the favorite on paper. I don't know if we're talking about him enough, but this was barely two hours. He couldn't have asked for a better match. He couldn't ask for a better draw. He gets a qualifier up next, and things are looking yeah, awfully nice. nice for our defending champion. That was a nice match. The low-key favorite, Daniil Medvedev, moving on. 12 months ago, Jack Draper ranked 272. Now up to 46. This was John's upset pick, Paul, taking on Felix Oje Aliassime. I'll tell you what, I'm going to Vegas with John Wertheim. I mean, this is a very gutsy pick. Felix Oje Aliassime, one of the best up-and-comers. We've been talking about him for a long time. And Jack Draper did not get any kind of negativity, question marks in his mind. Felt like he could win this match from the beginning. Look at that scoreboard. 6-4-6-4-2-2. I mean, this kid is for real. Believes that he belongs able to play from all the different areas on the court, can come forward. And how about a little slider-wide serve and volley to finish the match? Uh, boy, he is going to go up the rankings very, very quickly. Played some great tennis. That's a tough loss for Felix. But once again, our own John Wertheim just dropping wisdom and knowledge, <laughs> letting us know who's going to beat who. U.S. Open debut for Draper, second win over a top-ten player. Another big upset on the women's side, Jeannie. Three-seed Maria Sakari made the semifinals last year but had only won one of her last five matches entering New York, taking on Wang Ziyu. I should have researched that better because then I maybe would have picked this. Called that for your upset. upset. <laughs> my upset was so close today, but yeah, we have a big lefty swing there. She likes to take her forehand out of the middle of the court, control the point, and um, young, talented player for sure. It was a battle back and forth, three-set match between both of these players, and they actually won the same amount of points. They both won 108 points, but that's just how tennis goes. You have to win the important ones because uh, it's not just total number of points, um, but great battle from both players. Do you think Sakuri gets a little doubt in her mind because she hasn't had that big back breakthrough in these big moments? Yes, I think uh, it would get in her head and she would be a little, not self-doubt, but maybe just think about it in the moment, and that's enough to just have a little bit of hesitation. First top 10 win for Wong, and Sakuri's now lost five matches to players outside the top 50 this hey, year. Sloan? Sloane in the house, Sloane Stevens. Waking hey, up, get her some coffee. It's a lot of tape on Francisco her hand. Francisco Roig in the back. Hey, Francisco. Remember yeah, what's the with the tape? I love it. That's very perceptive, Jeannie. Yeah, a lot of tape on the on the fingers. Taking That's on Iga Shvianti. Jeannie here, picking right. up that we don't see. <laughs> We're gonna flash back seven years to revisit a huge shocker as we break down today's big matches next. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Anna Cohn, Bouchard, Wertheim, and Weissman back on TC Live at the U.S. Open presented by Evian. Coverage of the tournament begins every morning with our two-hour show at 9 a.m. Eastern. ESPN carries the day session at noon Eastern and the night session at 7 p.m. Eastern. Last year's finalist, Layla Fernandez, taking on maybe the hottest player on tour right now, Ludmila Samsonova, Jeannie. Yeah, she um, is a big hitter, and she has a lot of power. She, she overpowered Layla in this match. She won Washington and Cleveland before coming into the U.S. Open, Yay, so this was her 12th win in a row. Um, and she's also one of those players who thinks these courts are fast, which we are not sure. It's a constant debate here at Tennis Channel. We're not sure if they're fast or slow, but if they are fast, they would suit her game because she loves to set herself up. She actually has great footwork for someone who's a big girl and has such power in her game. She's really sets herself up well to hit those shots. And she didn't play Wimbledon this year, and she said she took it as an opportunity to train, and it's paid off because she hasn't lost a match since. Incredible. 12 straight wins. First top 20 win at a major, and then... Nick Kyrgios, well, the show continued, Paul, but it was not easy against the Frenchman, Benjamin Bonzi. Well, it was a great first set. Kyrgios played a tremendous tiebreak to get through. Bonzi played awesome tennis, a lot of high-quality points. Look at the talent from Kyrgios, the ability to control the two-hander. So difficult to read when you're on the other side of the net. Benjamin Bonzi did a nice job hanging in there, but look at Kyrgios, just a little bit more... Uh, magic for everyone to behold. Had a little bit of turbulence, a little hiccup there in the third set, losing it 6-4. But the thing that's amazing me is Nick Curio starting to recover from adversity in matches. He's finding that average level more consistently. And what I mean by that is when things don't go great, sure, he gets a little mad, but he's hitting the reset button a little bit better. So look out, folks, if you're in that side of the draw near him. Hope that he blows a gasket, otherwise you're going to be in trouble. 65 winners, 30 of those aces. He gets J.J. Wolf next, so Ooh, looking forward to it. be a good one. Did you guys see what he said afterwards? He said, oh, you know, this professionalism I'm showing, I'm, I'm disappointed in myself. I would have thought that after <laughs> Wimbledon I would be cruising. Uh, he, he gave a great press conference after that. But that was a match, Paul. I mean, it's not under the lights. It's not under an opponent who's going to give you a lot of friction or energy. And he just took care of business. That's why I thought he may lose. But once again, I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> You've been right a couple times this week, Paul. Uh, Ross keeps reminding me in my ear when I'm wrong, so I, I, I can figure it out. Uh, let's talk about some big matches coming up today. The one I'm really excited about, Jeannie, the number one player in the world, Igor Sviantek, taking on a former U.S. Open champion in Sloan Stevens. Who do you think gets the edge in this one? I'm really excited for this match as well. I think they're both great players. They just played in Cincinnati. Rishiatek had a, a tough win. It was a battle. It was straight sets, but um, Sloan was in there. And look, I think Shiatek is on top of her game right now. She cruised in her first round match, whereas Sloan looked a little shaky, wasn't quite there in her first set. She lost that first set. And so um, I'm going to go with Shiatek on this one. But we also know that Sloan loves the U.S. Open. Ooh. <laughs> can, I, can I lodge my upset pick a little early in the show? Yeah. I think, I think Sloan's got a real chance. It was 6-4-7-5, very close match in Cincinnati. As yes. you say, Sloan sort of up, up and down, but it looks like we're heading up. And 
Iga looked good in her first round match, but again, 37 matches a row, and now she's what was she four, five and four now with the last nine. So uh, I I think Sloane's got a real chance here today. Yeah, I do too. I was a little concerned about the taping on yeah. the hands. I mean, th those looked like fingers splint it looked taping like a splint, together, yeah, for, which made me a little bit yeah. concerned. Sloane does love the big moment. What court, fast courts, slow courts, from your opinion, you played there. Yeah. What's the surface? Who does it favor in this match? Well, we know Sloan loves a slow court. She loves clay, and she's played on these U.S. Open courts and won, of course. So if they are slow, which is what I believe, then I think that favors Sloan because she loves to hang back. She will stay in that rally all day long. She's so physical with the way she plays uh, that, that that's not a problem with, for her at all. And she does, uh, Iga doesn't like the tennis balls. Exactly. Either way. Everyone's exactly. got <laughs> Forgot to mention that. Right. We got the court. We got the tennis balls. Uh, how about Rafa Nadal? The quest for 23 continues. He's facing a familiar foe. The 18th meeting between Rafa and Fabio Fonini. Rafa owns the head-to-head, -head, Paul 13-4. But the only other time that they played New York was an epic that Nadal fans would like to forget. Nadal has only lost two times from two sets up at a major Real G's move in silence like Fonini was the first to do it. This was 2015, Paul. How can you not love Fabio? I mean, this guy is so charismatic. He's so much fun to watch. And that is a rarity right there to see that great champion lose a match from two sets to love up. And, uh, Steve, I got to say, I, I was asleep. I went to bed after the second set. What? It was a mistake. Really? He thought Rafa was just cruising. Seven How does Rafa later? move from two sets to love <laughs> up? I mean, come on. This is going to be a lot of fun. Rafa still should win this, okay? Because I agree with Jeannie. Courts are a little bit slower. But only his second match back. So he's still in this tournament. Only his second match. Doesn't have a ton of rhythm into the tournament yet. So he is vulnerable. This one's going to be fun. I'm going to have my popcorn. And I'm going to ask John his prediction so I know who's going to win before match starts. <laughs> Last five sets they played. Rafa, 6-1, Five straight sets and hasn't even Massive really been Massive potential for growth, though. All right. That's, uh, that's one way to spend <laughs> Fonini, in his first round match, think? came back from two sets down yeah. as well. He's done that ten times in his career. I always feel like I turn on the TV and I see Fonini coming back from some crazy deficit <laughs> in a match, in a five-set match, in a slam. I feel like Rafa's going to remember that previous match mm. today. Mm -hmm. And I think he will not let it happen again. He will just do whatever he can to not lose to the same player at a slam. Um, so, yeah, for me, it's all him all day point. long. But yeah. I think it will be an entertaining match. Yeah, always entertaining when Fabio takes the court. Uh, John, you asked Vika Azarenka the other day about her potential third-round opponent, uh, or second-round opponent, and she gets her in Marta Kostiuk. What do you make of this matchup? Yeah, they've never played before, but there's a lot of backstory here, which obviously focuses around the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Kostiuk, an outspoken Ukrainian player, and she's not been thrilled with the support that she says she hasn't gotten from Russian and Ukrainian play and Belarusian players. Here's Vika Arriving on site, three-time finalist here. Marta is here as well, but there is uh, there's a lot of emotion behind this match. And uh, again, the players from Belarusia have been they, they were not allowed to play Wimbledon. They've been asked to be more outspoken in support of Ukraine, and so that's kind of a, a bit of backstory here. So a, a lot of emotion, and we will uh, you know we'll, we'll see what the handshake looks like. We'll see what the match looks like. But though they've never played before, there's there's a lot of heft here. So, so how tough is that, knowing both yeah. players are going to have that on their minds, Jeannie? It must add an extra dimension to the match. I can't understand what either of them are going through. But um, there was also some tension from last week when 
Azarenka was supposed to play in the charity event, and Kostyuk voiced her opinion mm -hmm. that she should mm -hmm. probably not play. So um, they're, I feel like they're playing for more than themselves today, which uh, maybe will bring out some great tennis. Yeah, I think it's a simple equation. Whoever can make this more about the tennis is going to be more successful today, and that's the big challenge uh, for both of them. But uh, it should be a high-level match if they can focus in the moment and just kind of dissect themselves and just kind of extract themselves from all the other emotional stuff. Right. All right, well, John already had a little preview, a little teaser for who his upset pick of the day Already could now be. Now bragging. It's unbelievable. Our upset picks. <laughs> Coming up later in the show, TC Live at the U.S. Open, presented by Evian, will be right back. TC Live at the U.S. Open is brought to you in part by Tennis Express. We deliver tennis right to your front door. Order today, ships today. Welcome back. A reminder, the newly enhanced USOpenShop.org is the official shop for 2022 U.S. Open merchandise. Get U.S. Open gear for the whole family and check out a variety of one-of-a-kind U.S. Open accessories. Visit USOpenShop.org today. Steve Weissman back with you. And win or lose, the Williams sisters are making even more history tonight. For the first time, a first-round doubles match will headline the night session in Arthur Ashe Stadium. Cannot wait for that. From something new to the oldest men's team event in history, it's the Davis Cup. Don't miss the finals on Tennis Channel. Tune in as 16 nations, including Team USA, face off in the group stage over six days for a chance to advance in the competition. Live coverage starts Tuesday, September 13th. Now time for our daily Bloomberg Business Report. Time now for a special update for Tennis Channel. Stock closed out August at a loss on the month, with the S&P 500 falling over 4% during the period. Famed investor Jeremy Grantham is warning the super bubble has yet to pop. He's previously called for a nearly 50% drop in stocks from all-time highs. Meanwhile, Morgan Stanley's strategist is also warning that stocks haven't hit a bottom yet. And chip makers are facing further pressure with NVIDIA warning about China restrictions, which may affect hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue. Recent regulations mean some chips require U.S. government approval before they can be sold to Chinese customers. And Russia is considering buying $70 billion of friendly currencies this year. The proposal comes as Russia looks to slow the ruble surge. Friendly currencies would potentially include China's yuan, India's rupee, and the Turkish lira. Sanctions following the Ukraine war froze $300 billion of Russia's currency reserves. From New York, Kriti Gupta with Bloomberg News. All right, thank you so much. Still to come on TC Live, Martin Blackman joins us to talk about Serena and some young stars. Plus, our Evian Americans in action feature a five-set battle between Tommy Paul and Seb Korda. And Paul Anacone plays the match point predictor game. But when we return, it is all about Jeannie. As much as we love having her here, find out when she'll be back on the court full time. Jeannie Bouchard is still triumphant. Jeannie Bouchard back into a WTA final. This has been a comeback party. Playing confident tennis. I'm training, and uh, as soon as I'm ready, I'll be out there and more motivated than ever. That's our genie. <laughs> and this is why I call her Canadian superstar. Former Wimbledon finalist, first Canadian player to reach a major singles final, seven career finals, and 
Number five in the world, our new balance player resume with that new photo of Jeannie. As I said before, it's great to have you with us, Jeannie, as always, but we want to see you back in major finals, winning big titles. So what's the latest on the comeback? How, how's the training going? Training is going well, thank you. It's a little bit hard with these early call times, but every <laughs> afternoon I, I take a nap and then I go t uh, practice tennis or I go in the gym or I do both. Um, today I'm going to attempt to do both. Um, so it's going well. I'm going to go to India. I'm playing in Chennai, so I'm going to fly out there on Tuesday. I'm going to do India and Seoul, a little Asian swing. And I'm very excited because I haven't been to either of those two countries. Okay. And it's pretty rare for someone at this point in their career to like have not been to a country. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. That's what Venus Williams says. Uh, go, go to these new countries. Um, I got to ask you a question. We all have our processes. We all have our sort of quirks. Can I ask you the, the Ryan Gosling notebook? Do you want to? I'm really impressed with how prepared you are. Do you want to show people and explain? Uh, this is actually a that. New Balance notebook. Um, I'm not going to show no. you what's inside. But <laughs> the diary of Jeannie Bouchard. Is it, is it relevant? No, but I, is it tennis or this stuff? No, these are just my other thoughts that I'm not allowed to say on TV. Oh, All right. good for you. The idea, though, that she just rocks up here and starts talking tennis. No. There's a lot of prep work that goes on here. I've been very impressed with uh, you. Thank you. I like to print. be prepared. I, I try to do my research, and I just I want to be. I try to do well in everything I do. So. Well, I know, I know you did some research for uh, the social net today. And uh, guess what? Coco Goff said she got her first ever paycheck playing a, a young Serena Williams in what she said was like a Delta commercial. I love this so much. It's like a full circle moment, you know, when she looked up to her as a kid, actually earned money because of Serena. She said it actually didn't make the cut. Exactly. Yeah. Where, where do we find Yeah, that? I want to I see this footage. YouTube gold, I tell you. I've, I've actually done a thing for to be a stunt double as well, and that was actually my first paycheck as well. No way. I think I made like $200 to like rally for, you know, 10 minutes, and they didn't end up using it either. It's for a small TV show in Canada, but, um, you know, uh, great experience. <laughs> That's how tennis players make their first paycheck. Yep. <laughs> Stunt doubles in commercials. Whatever it takes. Jeannie's playing in India, the next tournament for Novak Djokovic. Tel Aviv! Oh. Novak Djokovic is going to Israel, Paul. <laughs> yeah, that, well, that one surprised me. Um, I think the thing for Novak, look, it's going to be great for tennis just to see him on the court playing again, right? I mean, this is such a challenging situation. And probably for Novak, too. He wants to get as many matches. He hasn't gotten to play this year. Yeah. So get out right. there and, and, and get playing, and why not start in Tel Aviv? So a terrific, uh, I think, a terrific bit of information for the tennis world and all the fans. This, this, this tournament, Lahayim uh, to Novak Djokovic, they, they were lobbying for him, and they said, you know, come here. We don't have COVID restrictions. And uh, funny enough, um, you know, perhaps there might be an appearance fee oh, involved. So but cynical, uh, no, after, after the Labor Cup, uh, Novak Djokovic, Headed to the Holy Land. Nice. Hey, it's points on the line. Go get them. I love seeing big players play smaller. Yes. Yeah. Playing a 250, yeah, great for him. He probably also wants matches since he yeah. can't play yeah. here at the US Open, wasn't able to play in Australia. So good for him. I'd love to see it. Mazel tov, Nole. <laughs> uh, let's take a look at this. Forbes always puts out their highest earning players over the last 12 months. Roger Federer, once again, top of the list. And by the way, $90 million, it is all off court. Can we talk about how he hasn't played a match in a year and nope. has, is still number one in the look at that brand. players? Put your kids in tennis, folks. Just look at this. <laughs> look at the range in ages, too. But bottom right, we have a teenager, and uh, top left, we have a man north of 40. So um, if you can make $90 million a year, that's great. If you can do it over 20 years, as tennis players in theory can, so much the better. For Naomi, 55 of that, 55 million off court. 
For Raducanu, 18 of the million off court. How about K? When is K? When, yeah. When's the last Five time K has played? Yeah, yeah, look exactly. at that. And Venus only three. So you build your brand. You do it the right way. And uh, you can pay a few bills, looks like to me. $90 million. Life as Roger. It's, uh, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. And, and for the women, I mean, listen, like, I think nine out of the top ten earning female athletes in the world are tennis players. Tennis is the best sport uh, for females in terms of the financial components. So I always tell people who have babies, I'm like, put them in tennis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chris Eubanks. Ooh, getting ready forward. to go. Fast feet for Big Banks. Taking on Yannick Sinner today. He's already earned 121 grand for making the second round. He can get to 188 for making the third round. Some big bucks for Big Banks, right? Yeah. Very money-heavy segment we're doing here. Yeah, there's a lot of money being thrown around. This is, a, this is a tough task against Yannick Sinner, but Chris Eubanks is someone no one wants to play. We talk about oftentimes people taking rackets out of hands. This guy can do that. Huge serve, lots of big, powerful ground strokes. It's a huge, huge opportunity for Chris. This should be a fun one for him. And you see what happens, Jeannie, after you work for Tennis Channel. You're doing big things. His first major win. I mean, he's at a career high right now. This is this is what we're expecting for, yeah, from you. So no you're going to be so sick of getting early. You're going <laughs> to exactly. work so hard, and you're going to be just right back. Exactly. In the, I'll in be the like, this broadcasting stuff is go. really hard. Um, <laughs> I like seeing him out there early, though. Do you notice there's no other yeah. player out there, and he's doing his footwork, getting ready, so he seems focused, locked in. The perceptiveness, right? You notice the the tape on Sloan's hands, and then that I would I wouldn't have thought of that. Notebook, perception, tape. So I'm good. Take all of your yeah, jobs. Um, so good. Uh, when we come back, Martin Blackman, general manager of player development for the USTA, joins us. Lots of great American stories to discuss. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to TC Live at the U.S. Open. Our featured matches on Arthur Ashe Stadium today have a blockbuster between American Sloan Stevens and the world number one Iga Swiatek, plus Carlos Alcaraz, Rafa Nadal, and the Williams sisters playing doubles in prime time. We've got some big names on Louis Armstrong as well. Top-ranked American Jesse Pagula, our TC family Chris Eubanks taking on Yannick Sinner, plus Garbina Muguruza and Danielle Collins. We are now very happy to welcome in our friend Martin Blackman, who is the General Manager of Player Development for the USTA. Martin, it is so good to see you. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Martin, we've got 44 Americans that started in the main draw at the U.S. Open, from 16-year-olds to 40-plus, but we got to start with Serena Williams. All eyes on Serena. Uh, what have you made of the Serena show so far? Just amazing. Amazing. On Monday... You know, I just wanted to be there and just be a part of history. Wasn't really sure how that would play out. Obviously, you know, if Serena's if Serena's fit and playing well, um, she she's a threat to, to go as deep as she wants to. But last night was really special. Um, you know, Contivet, two in the world, um, have maybe not having the best summer of her career, but just watching Serena play herself into that match. Um, and they come back from down the break in the second. 
and 99% of that crowd behind her, uh, just watching her transcend the game and be a role model for all of us has, has been amazing. I'm just, it's just a privilege to be able to watch that. Yeah, it's, it's been fun watching her. And you talk about transcending the game. She's done it now for a bunch of different decades, right? We've seen her go through basically two different generations of tennis and do it at the sure. top of the game. So you're kind of carrying the flag as well for the player development stuff through transcending and evolution from one stage to the next. Where do things stand right now? Because there has been some transition. There's been shifting sure. within the organization. You've had to juggle a lot of stuff. We're seeing a lot of good young players. But philosophically, where are you going with player development right now? Well, Paul, you know, this all started with your colleague, Patrick McEnroe and Jose Higueras. Back in 2008, the USTA made a decision to really go all in on player development, uh, the way a lot of other federations have been doing. And it's been a 13-year process of putting a pathway together, um, working with the sections, working with the private sector, but making sure that what we do isn't too prescriptive. Every player is different, as you know, um, and you've got to be creative with the way you support players. I think right now we're in a place where that first and second generation of players that we're talking about on the show today, they're all doing well. They're, they've all broken into the top 100, top 50, top 20, and top 10. And our focus is squarely now back in the junior space to replicate what we did, but do it a little bit more efficiently. Um, there's a lot of funds um, and resources that are going to be spent at the base of the game to keep that growth going, 28% in the last two years. Uh, over 5 million new players coming into the game. So we've got to be a little bit more focused moving forward and make sure that that base of junior players coming up is as strong as possible. So a little bit more focused, a uh, little bit more innovative in how we do things and making the resources go farther. Yeah, you talk about the focus and the innovation and the young players, and I've been fortunate enough to do some work with the good folks at the Southern Cal Tennis Association. They put together Team SoCal this year. Trevor Cronin and his group, group have done a great job kind of with outreach. Yeah. And you talk about the youth. So from there, the sections are going to help some more, from what I understand. And, and also, sure. some of the players are coming through. Like, how about, how about Lerner Teen, what he's done this year to see him win Kalamazoo and 16 years of age and get into the main draw of the U.S. Open? He's just one of many, correct? He is a great example, Paul. Uh, you talk about innovation and what SoCal's done with their circuit there. Uh, Trevor Cronenman, Chris Boyer, you. Lerner played a lot of those 15Ks in SoCal, um, along with the big junior events. Uh, he's trained in Carson for the last six years, and just a great example. He's got a great private sector coach right now, um, and uh, that's the kind of progression that we're trying to replicate. Um, partnerships, um, efficiencies, and making sure that players are not skipping steps. Learners really gone through every level to get where he is. He's got a bright future ahead of him. Learners, a 16-year-old on the boys' men's side, on the women's side. We've got another 16-year-old that we've been hearing about for a long time. Clervy Gunaway played her first main draw doubles match at the U.S. Open, won it with Reese Brantmeyer. What more can you tell us about Clervy? Yeah, Clervy's special. Um, Clervy's dad has done a phenomenal job with her. Um, she's probably one of the best 16-year-olds in the world. That doesn't mean that much. What means a lot is the fact that she's got a complete game. She's got a tremendous work ethic, and she's developing an all-round game. 
and we're really excited about her prospects and being able to get her into the open and doubles with a wild card, just getting her a taste of what it feels like to be on this stage. That's all part of the process. So keep an eye out for Clearby. Certainly will. Uh, we've got teenagers, folks in their 20s, 30s, and of course, 40s as well. Martin, thank you so sure. much for taking some time this morning on TC Live and uh, enjoy the rest of the, the week and, and couple weeks in New York City. Thanks so much, guys. I'll see you out there. All right, thanks. Martin Blackman, general manager, player development for the USTA. A reminder, Tennis Plays for Peace is an initiative to bring the tennis community and fans together to support relief efforts for the war in Ukraine through the Global Giving's Ukraine Crisis Relief Fund. To learn more, please go to globalgiving.org slash US Open. We'll be back after this. Back on TC Live at the U.S. Open, just about an hour away from first ball. You can see action all across the grounds. Our Cadillac player arrivals. There's Jensen Brooksby coming to work. One of six American men remaining in the draw right now. Player fitness, that'll, that'll get busier later. There's Carlitos on his way. Alcaraz, Paula Bedosa. Got a big match today against Petra Martic. Looking for her First, third round at the U.S. That's a bit of a surprise coming out of the Cadillacs. And uh, Petra Martich. Jeannie, where are these uh, pastries coming from? Very fancy. We are asking ourselves these questions every single time we see her walk in. Every day, without fail, she has at least two boxes in her house. I think that's for the staff. My kids would know that, what bakery that is. I think she's giving donuts to uh, everyone at the U.S. Open. I like it. She wouldn't be eating that before a big match. Or she's eating herself. On match day. She might be. Who knows? You need some sugar, right? You've got to get the the energy up, get ready to go. Uh, This this is all about Serena Williams right now, and uh, we are revisiting what happened last night. Walking on without that cape, but still rocking the iconic diamond-encrusted shoes, a sparkle top, sold-out crowd screaming her name. She has won her last seven matches against top two opponents and came in 41-0 in first and second round matches at the U.S. Open. It was her first meeting against Annette Contivate. The six-time champ came out strong. Jeannie showing that combination of power and agility that we saw in the first round. Yes, Serena's movement, it seems to be getting better match by match. I'm so impressed with it, especially considering what we saw a couple weeks ago in the warm-up events for the U.S. Open. I don't know how someone can turn from that to this so quickly. I would like to know what she did so I can do it myself. Um, But, yeah, big power here, great movement, and just taking control of the point when she can. That's classic Serena tennis. Um, The crowd was just absolutely eating it all up and, uh, you know, disguising her serve so well. Contavite there had no idea where that was going. She did the slider out wide. That's the toughest thing I've always found playing Serena was not just the power of the serve, but you didn't know where it was going. Tiger loved that one. Go- goats, <laughs> goats cheering on goats. Tiger Woods in Serena's player box. She's 99 and three when winning the first set at Majors, Paul. But Annette Contevate did not go away. Yeah, great job early in the second set. Contevate just grabs the momentum, which she has to do, and it's really. I mean, it is so hard to explain the level of the noise in there that the other player is dealing with when having to play Serena. This maybe was the best point of the match. I mean, just some great scrambling and Contevate threads the needle. Right now, I was wondering, okay, how is Serena going to hold up? How is the level going to be? And what does she do? She does what great players do. She figures a way to turn it around, gets the early break in the third, and starts using that power game. And she controlled the tempo of the third set incredibly well. She's doing one thing incredibly well, and that is riding the emotion of the crowd 
and that crowd is creating a wave for her and she's on her surfboard and she is surfing it and she is loving it and it's been fun to watch. They erupt for their six-time champion Serena Williams back-to-back -back wins for the first time since Roland Garros last year extends her record to 108 wins at the U.S. Open. I think you can only have this experience, you know, once in a lifetime for sure. Um, I'm playing pretty good. I feel like, like I said on the court, I've been practicing really well, but it hasn't been coming together in, in matches. Um, but, you know, now it's kind of coming together, I guess. I mean, I had to bring it together today, so it worked out. It did work out. 42-0 now, first two rounds of the U.S. Open. The oldest woman to win a major. She'll look to make that number even older. 108th U.S. Open win more than anyone else. The odds have gone from 50-1 to 1 to 30-1 to 1 to now 14-1, to 1, John. What do you think? That's awfully optimistic. I mean, again, I just think, you know, start of the tournament, she was coming off a six-love set, and we all sort of said, well, it's her farewell, and let's hope she acquits herself okay. And now, yeah, she's very much in the mix. I mean, there are so many. She's playing so well. She's moving so well. Let's put that. But she also, she's, she knows when she's going to play. She knows on which court she's going to play. And she's got the biggest stadium in tennis 99 to 1. I mean, just absolutely overwhelming. It, it seems as though there are an awful lot of baked in advantages in addition to her great tennis. Yeah, she's using the crowd in the right way. I feel like sometimes players can actually feel more pressure with that crowd, but that's not what Serena does as a great champion. She is using that to motivate her more to when she's, you know, maybe struggling in a match to push her through. What I love most about this match was her mental strength. She kind of got outplayed in that second set, but she didn't mm -hmm. wasn't phased at all by it. She kind of stayed calm, kept that unwavering belief, and then got back to playing Serena Tennis in the third. I was I was really wondering what would happen after that second set, and she just showed us how great she uh, is. Can I, can I ask you a question as someone who's yes. been on the other side? What is it like? I mean, you're, you're sitting there in your chair, and there's a video montage on the screen, and they, the greatest ever, Serena Williams. I wonder what the opponent is sensing. So that's the only thing I don't like about this whole story is that the, they make the opponent come out first and then play a video montage of Serena, and then Serena walks out. I think that's disrespectful to the opponent, and it's not what we are told of how to be on the court. Like, the WTA has strict rules of timing. They say as soon as you walk on the court, you have one minute to get to the net. They're obviously bending the rules right now for Serena, and for the opponent to sit on the changeover bench and, and watch a video of the player she's about to play... <laughs> is a little bit, um, it, it's, it's not usual. This has never happened, and I don't think it's right. What do you think about that, Paul? Yeah, look, I, I understand everyone, it's a very theatrical kind of goodbye, as it should be, right? Because Serena's done so much in her career, and she's done so much for the game of tennis. But when it goes off track of what we normally see and what we normally do, and it puts the other player in a situation that seems to be pretty disadvantaged, at least emotionally, um, to consistently do it is a little bit tricky. And, and I think that they, they got to be very careful because, look, we all admire, respect what she's done, but it is a competition and every player should be out there on the equal kind of uh, pretense of just starting a match. But I'm enjoying the theater. Mm -hmm. I'm enjoying watching her play. And, uh, you know, like Jeannie, like you said early on, the, the biggest thing for me is the turnaround so quickly, the level from a week and a half ago to now. It's amazing, and that's why you just don't bet against great players. You don't. What do you expect to see today in the doubles, playing with Venus, night session? First time ever we're getting a first-round doubles match headlining the night session on Arthur Ashe. 
I wouldn't expect anything less for Serena's last U.S. Open. I want to watch. I just want to see the two sisters play together. It's it's like vintage Williams sisters. It's what we what I saw growing up. Um, I mean, I expect them to have fun. I expect them to giggle with each other. I expect them to rip some balls. I kind of expect all of that. Man, is Serena going to be exhausted after this? Physically, she's almost 41 years old, of course, and also just the emotions of all of this and the retirement tour and the videos, and she's playing doubles with her sister. On the days on which she's not playing tennis, she's going to need a vacation after this. Maybe it will be uh, a week and a half from now, though. She might be sore today. Yeah, I don't exactly. know. The match yesterday was so physically tough. Yeah, it, it is. And part, part of tonight might be actually might help get some of that soreness out. The one thing that's so difficult to weigh is her mental disposition, which she's talked about, trying to embrace the freedom that this has given her. She doesn't have to prove anything to herself. She's done what she's done. Let's have fun and embrace it. So if she can use that and continue to use that as what's driving her, I think the emotional and physical fatigue will be less. But um, there's still so much to unfold. And for me, I'm just going to sit back with my popcorn right. and check it out. She's only played six matches this year. So she's, she said, I, I need more matches. Right. I'm looking forward to the doubles to get that in tonight. We cannot wait to see Venus and Serena. I mean, the, the most underrated stat when they get to a major final, 14-0. There is nothing quite like watching a legend in the last dance. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Back on TC Live. Players getting ready, including Sloan Stevens and Jeannie. Look at that. That's the Netflix crew filming her before her big match today. Look, when you agree to that, it's uh, you got to agree to all of it. And uh, they're going to be filming even the day of your match. I wonder if that'll be an extra little distraction for her or not. But, um, you know, she seems to be warming up well. You sure that's not a player with a new exercise that involves uh, stretching? <laughs> Holding a boom mic. With stretching with a boom. But, uh... Francisco Roy, uh, new coach, new member of the team in the background there. It's a big match for Sloan taking on the world number one, Iga Swiatek. Sloan 0-9 against world number ones, looking for her first victory. The top-ranked American, Jesse Pagula, flying under the radar still. Lauren Davis, Danielle Collins in action. And for the men on day four, Jensen Brooksby, Brandon Nakashima, Chris Eubanks, and big foe, Francis Tiafo taking on the Aussie Kubler. Time now for our Evian Americans in action, catching up on everything that went down yesterday. And we had a good one, a thriller between Tommy Paul and Seb Corda. This one went back and forth, Paul, and it started all in the favor of Tommy Paul. And then Seb Corda, who had won all three previous matches between the two. Take us through it. Yeah, it was a tug of war. And uh, Tommy's good buddies, uh, Riley Opelka, and Taylor Fritz would have been frowning heavily at this first set. They have the uh, theory that you never win a set 6-0 because you don't win a match after that, which they argue with Taylor about all the time. So, I've never heard of that yeah, before. If you win 6-0, and sure enough, That's what happens, Taylor and Riley were starting to get that feeling that Seb Corda was going to come back because that's exactly what he did. 
with great tennis, great power tennis. Quarter one sets two and three. Tommy Paul rebounded in the fourth and the beginning of the fifth. That's when all the problems started for Quarter because Paul got that early break and his athleticism is just tremendous. There were so many points just like this and that's the one that seals it for him. Tommy Paul's really coming into his own with his variety, the offensive mindedness, and now we're going to see two these two young guys for a long time. Two matches, ten sets played for TP. Then we got the 20-year-old wild card, Emilio Nava, taking on Andy Murray. And they started strong, the American John. Yeah, Nava was terrific for the first 90 minutes. But the duration of the first set, this was the first match on sort of a sentimental amuse-bouche for Serena. Andy Murray, <laughs> the champion uh, here a decade ago. And this was a strange, strange match. I mean, this was a great, well, talk about a great way to win a set for the 20-year-old American. And then this was all Murray. The first set was more than half the match time. And then Andy Murray went into Andy Murray mode. And for a guy who hasn't played a lot of long matches, who's had some cramping issues, Andy Murray has to be thrilled with this last hour and a half of tennis. Because after losing that first set, he absolutely dominated, did not get broken, he served well, he finished strong, and again, for a guy who was speaking openly in Cincinnati about how he's got to sort of solve this cramping issue, he really held up well physically, and that is a strong win for Andy Murray moving on. Won 14 of the last 15 games, gets to the third round here for the first time in six years. Berrettini next. Back to the women. Ali Risk taking on Camilla Osorio, Genie. More than three hours, multiple match points, and, and I'm here for the finish, but Take us through before that. This was a huge battle. I actually played Ali on this court at the U.S. Open, Court 17, back in 2015. And I got blisters during the match, and I'm telling you, they still hurt today. It was so tough. Both of these girls, huge competitors, but we know Ali will never, ever give up. What I thought was interesting, we had a stat from this match. Ali came to the net 51 times. Ooh winning more than half of those um, and then it took her five match points to win the match but huge celebration from her huge celebration from hubby as well there you go Stephen. <laughs> get into it baby that's how you support your partner Stephen amitraj ali risk that that's goals right there a couple goals for the record you won that match i did win that All match right. i was being humble john <laughs> i'll see you lifting uh it, it's a wolf pack of one jj wolf Winning uh, a bunch of losses, but Shelby Rogers also picking up a victory. And unfortunately, John Isner, a wrist injury. He has to uh, withdraw from the U.S. Open. And a tough one for Brandon Holt, right? Tough one, 7-6 in the fifth. Did a good job, really played some great tennis. Tough tie break at the end of that match, but good tournament for Brandon. Yep. Ranking going up to about 215 in the world for B. Holt. Prakash worldwide in an empire state of mind. See what our man on the ground has in store. There's a good chance, yeah, he'll be wearing sunglasses. Welcome back. Another Cadillac player arrival. That is Borna Chorich. Made the quarterfinals here at the U.S. Open a couple years ago. Coming off that big Cincinnati Masters 1000 title. Takes on Jensen Brooksby today. A reminder to enter the match point predictor game from Tennis Channel, answer questions about the action in Flushing Meadows, and earn a chance to win the grand prize trip to next year's U.S. Open. To sign up, go to tennis.com slash play. Here are the questions you must answer for a chance at that grand prize. Who will be the men's champ? Who will be the women's champ? Paul answered this one the other day. What American man will advance the furthest in the tournament? And we've got another question for Paul today. How many American men, Paul Anacone, will advance to the quarterfinals at this year's U.S. Open? 
We've well, got six options. Yeah, well, it's a little more wide open this year, right? Hence the words U.S. Open. But uh, I feel really good about one, okay. and I, I think maybe two. One, maybe two, but yeah. not John Isner, the guy you picked to go the furthest, because unfortunately... Wrist injury. Wrist injury. Yeah, it's too bad. John's gotten hurt, but uh, played a good match and then just couldn't post up yesterday. But let's go with two. All right, let's go with two Americans making the quarterfinals. On the women's side, the last 12 times Serena has played the U.S. Open, she's made at least the quarterfinals, and Rafa Nadal honors Queen Serena. Well, I think... She, she is an inspiration for, uh, for a lot of people around the world. She gave a lot to, to tennis, uh, so uh, I think we, we were lucky to, to have a, a huge, uh, great ambassador like, like Serena for such a, a long time. Uh, she deserved to, to choose whatever uh, fits for, for her at this stage of, of her life. So uh, just wish her all the very best and uh, Hopefully, we can keep enjoying her around the tour. Goat recognize goat. We will be celebrating Serena all tournament long with our Tennis Honor Series. And straight ahead, we get you ready for day four in New York with all the top highlights, interviews, and match previews. Look at Serena and Rafa right there. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Jeannie, John, Paul, and Steve back on TC Live, presented by Evian. A reminder to stay connected to the U.S. Open on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Join the conversation with hashtag U.S. Open. Time to get caught up on Wednesday's action and a collision course for a couple top American women. Paul. We start with former U.S. Open finalist Madison Keys, hard-hitting battle against Camilla Georgie. That's a great word, collision, with these two players because there's a ball <laughs> being hit about Mach 50 every point. It was an amazing exhibition of power from both players, and Maddie Keys did a nice job the first set. She won the battle of that power, served it out at 6-4. Give Camilla Georgie some credit, though. She fought back hard, winning that second 7-5, and really at the beginning of the third, set the tone in a good way by coming up with some really big shots and that was the first one right there to get the first game got that big lead but look at the scoreboard 4-1 in the tiebreak that's after Georgie was up 5-2 in the third so Maddie a terrific tiebreak and Camilla Georgie a bucket load of unforced errors at the beginning of the tiebreak but for Maddie Keys a great mental effort to come back in the third set into the third round for the seventh time here. So she'll face the winner of Coco Golf and Gabriella Roos. Jeannie, a rematch from Wimbledon that Coco won. Yes, it was so great to watch Coco show off her athleticism here. She was just getting every ball back, and it made it really hard for her opponent to finish off the point. Served really well, had six aces, and actually had to serve at 128 miles an Ooh, hour. Say what? 128! <laughs> her parents are like, what was that? She said afterwards she actually didn't feel like she hit it that hard, which 
I mean, I would love to feel that way. <laughs> um, some really great points between these two girls. Uh, Coco being able to transition way behind the baseline there and just get these balls back and make it so hard for her opponent. She seems to be super comfortable on Ash right now. And uh, just such fun points to watch. Look at that. The movement's amazing, huh? Her athleticism yeah. and ability to transition from the defense to offense. Amazing. Huge strength of hers, for sure. She actually had to come back from 3-5 down in the second set. Saved a couple of set points. And then get up for Coco. <laughs> Able to move on to round three. Talks about her development after. Well, I think my serve is a lot better. I'm winning a lot of first serve points. Um, forehand has improved a lot. Return has improved. And also just my mentality on the court today. Down love 35-3. Definitely could have threw it in a can and got ready for the third set, same at 15:40, but I didn't. And I think that shows growth. I feel like in the past, those are games that I would have lost. And um, yeah, it's about learning. And I think I'm learning. She's not really a teenager. Not her maturity huh? is not like, it's more mature, mature than I am. Uh, here is the draw. Golf keys, it's that All-American third round matchup that we have been anticipating. They played in Adelaide earlier this year. Keys won in three sets. John, what's going to be the biggest factor in this matchup? Madison Keys hitting her targets. You said this, Jeannie, that these matches are on Madison Keys' rackets. Yeah. I think that's going to be the case here. Yeah, I think with a player with so much firepower like Madison Keys, it really depends which one shows up that day. She can belt the ball and, and play amazing, and if she can contain it and not make too many unforced errors, often she will win the match against any of the players in this draw. Uh, if Coco can stay with her, can absorb that pace, be consistent enough, make Maddie hit that extra ball, I think then Coco has the edge. You've got speed on both sides, right? You've got yeah. foot speed against the speed of the ground strokes of Madison Keys. Who has more pressure, Paul, do you think, heading into this match? Um, I, I think it's self-imposed. You know, I think it's about, about whoever deals with it the best way, and the pressure is going to be coming from inside for both of these uh, young women. The thing that's really interesting for me is that Madison Keys is one of the few players on tour that can take the racket out of every single person's hand. And We talked about uh, Coco's defense. She can even take it out of Coco's hands, but with Madison, she knows she's going to have to hit smaller targets because Coco moves so well. And will, be, will she be able to find that middle gear in the pressure situations, Madison Keys, or will the unforced errors come? Like Jeannie said, it's going to be mm. kind of up to what Madison does on the court. That 128-mile-an-hour serve, one off the record. Serena's right. hit it 129 before, so maybe. 128, a big serve for Coco Gauff. <laughs> Cannot wait for that all-American matchup on the men's side. We had defending champion John Daniil Medvedev. He's won his last 13 second-round matches at majors, taking on the former Texas A&M Aggie, Arthur Rinderknecht. Rinder Keep in mind, this is the match that followed Serena Williams, so these guys sort of waited around. There was a lot of emotion, and then the emotion and the drama, it sort of drained just because Medvedev was doing Medvedev things. This is a guy who's won eight straight matches here at this event. He's the number one seed. He's a defending champion. Maybe we should be talking about him enough. Nice moment for Rinderness, who played some nice points here and there, but he did not break Medvedev's serve once. He had to face, look at this, flat strokes. This was kind of a, a vintage performance from a guy who is probably the favorite on paper. I don't know if we're talking about him enough, but this was barely two hours. He couldn't have asked for a better match. He couldn't ask for a better draw. He gets a qualifier up next, and... Things are looking yeah, awesome yeah. nice for our defending champion. That was a nice match. The low-key favorite, Daniil Medvedev, moving on. 12 months ago, Jack Draper ranked 272. 
Now up to 46. This was John's upset pick, Paul, taking on Felix Ojealiasin. I'll tell you what, I'm going to Vegas with John Wertheim. I mean, this is a very gutsy pick. Felix Ojealiasin, one of the best up-and-comers. We've been talking about him for a long time. And Jack Draper did not get any kind of negativity, question marks in his mind. Felt like he could win this match from the beginning. Look at that scoreboard. 6-4-6-4-2-2. I mean, this kid is for real. Believes that he belongs. Able to play from all the different areas on the court. Can come forward. And how about a little slider wide serve and volley to finish the match? Uh, boy, he is going to go up the rankings very, very quickly. Played some great tennis. That's a tough loss for Felix. But once again, our own John Worth I'm just dropping wisdom and knowledge, <laughs> letting us know who's going to beat who. U.S. Open debut for Draper, second win over a top 10 player. Another big upset on the women's side, Jeannie. Three seed Maria Sakari made the semifinals last year, but had only won one of her last five matches entering New York, taking on Wang Ziyu. I should have researched that better because then I maybe would have picked this. Called that for your upset. upset. My upset was so close today, but yeah, we have a big lefty swing there. She likes to take her forehand out of the middle of the court, control the point, and um, young, talented player for sure. It was a battle back and forth, three-set match between both of these players, and they actually won the same amount of points. They both won 108 points, but that's just how tennis goes. You have to win the important ones because uh, it's not just total number of points. Um, but great battle from both players. Do you think Sakuri gets a little doubt in her mind because she hasn't had that big back breakthrough in these big moments? Yes, I think uh, it would get in her head and she would be a little, not self-doubt, but maybe just think about it in the moment, and that's enough to just have a little bit of hesitation. First top 10 win for Wong, and Sakuri's now lost five matches to players outside the top 50 this hey, year. Sloan? Sloaney in the house, Sloan Stevens. Waking hey, up, get her some coffee. It's a lot of tape on Francisco her hand. Francisco in the back. Hey, Francisco. Remember yeah, what's the with the tape? I like it. That's very perceptive, Jeannie. Yeah, a lot of tape on the on the fingers. Taking That's on Iga Shvianti. Jeannie here picks right. up that we don't see. <laughs> We're gonna flash back seven years to revisit a huge shocker as we break down today's big matches next. Annika and Bouchard, Wertheim and Weissman back on TC Live at the U.S. Open presented by Evian. Coverage of the tournament begins every morning with our two-hour show at 9 a.m. Eastern. ESPN carries the day session at noon Eastern and the night session at 7 p.m. Eastern. Last year's finalist, Layla Fernandez, taking on maybe the hottest player on tour right now, Ludmila Samsonova, Jeannie. Yeah, she um, is a big hitter, and she has a lot of power. She she overpowered Layla in this match. She won Washington and Cleveland before coming into the U.S. Open, so this was her 12th win in a row. Um, and she's also one of those players who thinks these courts are fast, which we are not sure. It's a constant debate here at Tennis Channel. We're not sure if they're fast or slow, but if they are fast, they would suit her game because she loves to set herself up. She actually has great footwork for someone who's a, a big girl um, and has such power in her game. She really sets herself up well to, to hit those shots. And she didn't play Wimbledon this year, and she said she took it as an opportunity to train, and it's paid off because she hasn't lost a match since. Incredible. 12 straight wins. First top 20 win at a major, and then Nick Kyrgios, well, the show continued, Paul, but it was not easy against the Frenchman, Benjamin Bonzi. Well, it was a great first set. Kyrgios played a tremendous tiebreak to get through it. Bonzi played awesome tennis, a lot of high-quality points. Look at the talent from Kyrgios, the ability to control the two-hander. So difficult to read when you're on the other side of the net. Benjamin Bonzi did a nice job hanging in there, but look at Kyrgios, just a little bit more 
uh, magic for everyone to behold. Had a little bit of turbulence, a little hiccup there in the third set, losing at 6-4. But the thing that's amazing me is Nick Curio starting to recover from adversity in matches. He's finding that average level more consistently. And what I mean by that is when things don't go great, sure, he gets a little mad, but he's hitting the reset button a little bit better. So look out, folks, if you're on that side of the draw near him. Hope that he blows a gasket, otherwise you're going to be in trouble. 65 winners, 30 of those aces. He gets J.J. Wolf next, so Ooh, looking forward to fun. That's be a good one. Did you guys hear what he said afterwards? He said, oh, you know, this professionalism I'm showing, I'm, I'm disappointed in myself. I would have thought that after <laughs> Wimbledon I would be cruising. Uh, he, he gave a great press conference after that. But that was a match, Paul. I mean, it's not under the lights. It's not under an opponent who's going to give you a lot of friction or energy. And he just took care of business. Mm -hmm. That's win. why I thought he mm -hmm. may lose. But once again, I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> You've been right a couple times this week, Paul. Uh, Ross keeps reminding me of my ear when I'm wrong. So I, I, I can figure it out. Uh, let's talk about some big matches coming up today. The one I'm really excited about, Jeannie. The number one player in the world, Igor Sviantec, taking on a former U.S. Open champion in Sloan Stevens. Who do you think gets the edge in this one? I'm really excited for this match as well. I think they're both great players. They just played in Cincinnati. Rishiatek had a, a tough win. It was a battle. It was straight sets, but um, Sloan was in there. And look, I think Shiatek is on top of her game right now. She cruised in her first round match, whereas Sloan looked a little shaky, wasn't quite there in her first set. She lost that first set. And so um, I'm going to go with Shiatek on this one. But we also know that Sloan loves the U.S. Open. Ooh. <laughs> can, I, can I lodge my upset pick a little early in the show? Yeah. I think, I think Sloan's got a real chance. It was 6-4-7-5, very close match in Cincinnati. As yes. you say, Sloan sort of up, up and down, but it looks like we're heading up. And Iga looked good in her first-round match, but again, 37 matches in a row, and now she's what, what she four, five and four now with the last nine. So uh, I, I think Sloan's got a real chance here today. Yeah, I do too. I was a little concerned about – the taping on yeah. the hands. I mean, th those looked like fingers splint it looked taping like a splint, together, yeah, for, which made me a little bit yeah. concerned. Sloan does love the big moment. What co fast courts, slow courts, from your opinion, you played there. Yeah. What's the surface? Who does it favor in this match? Well, we know Sloan loves a slow court. She loves clay, and she's played on these U.S. Open courts and won, of course. So if they are slow, which is what I believe, then I think that favors Sloan because she loves to hang back. She will stay in that rally all day long. She's so physical with the way she plays uh, that, that that's not a problem with, for her at all. And she does, uh, Iga doesn't like the tennis balls. Exactly. Either way. Everyone's exactly. Got <laughs> forgot to mention that. Right. We got the court. We got the tennis balls. Uh, how about Rafa Nadal? The quest for 23 continues. He's facing a familiar foe. The 18th meeting between Rafa and Fabio Fonini. Rafa owns the head-to-head, -head, Paul 13-4. But the only other time that they played New York was an epic that Nadal fans would like to forget. Nadal has only lost two times from two sets up at a major. Real G's move in silence like Fonini was the first to do it. This was 2015, Paul. How can you not love Fabio? I mean, this guy is so charismatic. He's so much fun to watch. And that is a rarity right there to see that great champion lose a match from two sets to love up. And, uh, Steve, I got to say, I, I was asleep. I went to bed after the second set, which was a mistake. Really? He thought Rafa was just cruising. How does Rafa later? move from two sets to love up? I mean, come on. This is going to be a lot of fun. Rafa still should win this, okay? Because I agree with Jeannie. Courts are a little bit slower. But only his second match back. So he's still in this tournament. Only his second match. Doesn't have a ton of rhythm into the tournament yet. So he is vulnerable. This one's going to be fun. I'm going to have my popcorn. And I'm going to ask John his prediction so I know who's going to win before match starts. <laughs> Last five sets they played. Rafa, 6-1, 6-2, 6-3, 6-4, 6-2.
five straight sets and hasn't even Massive really been Massive potential for growth, though. All right, that's, uh, that's one way to spend <laughs> Fonini, in his first-round match, think? came back from two sets down yeah. as well. He's done that ten times in his career. I always feel like I turn on the TV and I see Fognini coming back from some crazy deficit <laughs> in a match, in a five-set match, in a slam. I feel like Rafa's going to remember that previous match mm. today, mm-hmm. and I think he will not let it happen again. <laughs> he will just do whatever he can to not lose to the same player at a slam. Um, so, yeah, for me, it's all him all day point. long. But yeah. I think it will be an entertaining match. Yeah, always entertaining when Fabio takes the court. Uh, John, you asked Vika Azarenka the other day about her potential third-round opponent, uh, or second-round opponent, and she gets her in Marta Kostiuk. What do you make of this matchup? Yeah, they've never played before, but there's a lot of backstory here, which obviously focuses around the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Kostiuk, an outspoken Ukrainian player, and she's not been thrilled with the support that she says she hasn't gotten from Russian and Ukrainian players and Belarusian players. Here's Vika Arriving on site, three-time finalist here. Marta is here as well, but there is uh, there's a lot of emotion behind this match. And uh, again, the players from Belarusia have been they, they were not allowed to play Wimbledon. They've been asked to be more outspoken in support of Ukraine, and so that's kind of a, a bit of backstory here. So a, a lot of emotion, and we will uh, you know we'll, we'll see what the handshake looks like. We'll see what the match looks like. But though they've never played before, there's there's a lot of heft here. So so how tough is that, knowing both players are going to have that on their minds, Jeannie? It must add an extra dimension to the match. I can't understand what either of them are going through. But um, there was also some tension from last week when Azarenka was supposed to play in the charity event, and Kostyuk voiced her opinion Mm -hmm. that she should Mm -hmm. probably not play. So um, I feel like they're playing for more than themselves today, which uh, maybe will bring out some great tennis. Yeah, I think it's a simple equation. Whoever can make this more about the tennis is going to be more successful today. And that's the big challenge uh, for both of them. But uh, it should be a high-level match if they can focus in the moment and just kind of dissect themselves and just kind of extract themselves from all the other emotional stuff. All right, well, John already had a little preview, a little teaser for who his upset pick of the day already. could now be. Now bragging. It's unbelievable. Our upset picks coming up later in the show. TC Live at the U.S. Open presented by Evian. We'll be right back. Welcome back to TC Live at the U.S. Open. The fitness area. Brandon Nakashima, we can see him running through, getting all warmed up and ready to go. What do you think, John? Valuable real estate. Pretty good. Yeah, uh, it's packed there. Pays to get to the gym early. Everybody's really quick. That's like Uh, Steve Weissman footwork out there. Oh, my God, so quick. (laughs) (laughs) Always in fast-forward motion. (laughs) That 128-mile-hour serve. Yeah, exactly. Expand that out. Someone's going to get injured. Yeah, where's the Indian Wells, like, uh, field, right? Oh, that's pretty good. A reminder, Tennis.com is your source for all the news, scores, and info at the U.S. Open right now. Day four, three to see by Steve Tigner. Stephanie Livaday writes about the iconic quote, I'm just Serena from last night. And David Kane, more on the friendship between Tiger Woods and Serena Williams. Time now for our daily dose of Prakash Worldwide. First episode, Jesse Pagula. We just start straight top ten, doing it big. Look at, look at, look at the beautiful crew we got. Look at this. Chef! Chef! What's up, buddy? This How you doing? Like you good? Right? <laughs> we shooting a little something. How are you? Good to see you. Good to see you. I didn't eat on purpose. 
because okay. I'm expecting to have like a proper meal here. <laughs> I feel like you would eat super healthy, so. I do, but you know, I mean, bagels are good. Bag I mean, you're in New York. You gotta have a bagel, I'm in, right? I'm in New York. I'm training legs later. Let's, you know. <laughs> Is it, Jess? That's a bagel. Oh. Let's do it. Let's do it. Isn't there like a uh, go to the front of the line on the top 10 card or something like that? No, that's the good thing about New York, right? Everyone just treats you like 1, a New Yorker. 1,000%. Can I do egg whites on an everything bagel with tomato, onions, and avocado? Two plain bagels, please. And let's do three egg whites on each bagel. Lightly toasted. That's good. That's good. Uh, I think we're good. It's going to be a very good start to our day. Yeah, a great start. You had your fair share of bagels. Yes. What separates one bagel from the other? <laughs> well, like we talked about, like the soft and chewy. You don't want it to be hard. You don't want it to be hard, no. Hard and stale, that's not okay. good. Uh, I know we're talking about bagels now, but please, for, for the people, let's talk about something important. Let's talk about buffalo wings. Oh, oh that looks exceptional. Okay. Buffalo wings, oh. buffalo girl. Yeah. What are the do's and don'ts for buffalo wings? because I'm a little bit of a connoisseur. Yeah. Well, being from Buffalo, there's good wings everywhere. But you got to eat it with blue cheese, not ranch. Yeah, blue cheese is probably the way to go, right? Yeah. In Buffalo? Okay. In Buffalo. If we go to Buffalo, just don't order ranch. <laughs> Mental note. It's so funny, because you're so you know chill, down to earth. But right now, you're, you're top 10 in singles and doubles. <laughs> which is wild, and you and you got there at this stage in your life. Talk about that journey a little bit. I think I always believed I, I could always get better, and I think everyone should always think that, but I think sometimes maybe it gets lost, because if you're not young and have all the talent in the world when you're, you know, 16, 17, 18, then like, oh, you're never gonna make it, and I, I don't know, I don't think that's true. I love that. And you yeah. know what, also, age means something different now, right? Yeah. I mean, 26, that, 27. That is true, it's so much different now than it was They were talking about years ago. Pete like he was a dinosaur when mm -hmm. Sampras won his last US Open. Yeah. The poor guy was 31 or I something know. like that. I can't tell you how much we appreciate you spending time yeah, with thank us. Thank you. Are you going to eat that later? No, I'm, I'm going to eat it now. Otherwise, if, if I sit here and eat it with you, I'll be stuffing Stuff my face <laughs> with it. So, yeah. Well, thanks for having me. This was fun. This was beautiful. We got to yeah. do it again. Yeah. And next time might be wings. Yes. Okay. Let's do wings okay. next time. Wings, bagels. Now I'm hungry. I don't know. I'm very hungry. We're all so hungry right now. Three bagels? Did I hear that right? With three egg whites three egg per bagel. That's right. nine, egg, nine eggs, three That's bagels. Nice to burn calories, <laughs> Prakash. And nice to burn calories. Jealous. Uh, we, we've talked about retirements, evolutions. Andrea Petkovic announced her retirement after the U.S. Open. Lost to Belinda Bencic earlier. But uh, she is already enjoying retirement. Take a look at this, Jeannie. First day of retirement, enjoying the six-pack while she can. <laughs> she was looking forward to retirement, I'm guessing, judging by this post. Also, this girl is so ripped, that six-pack <laughs> is going to last her whole life. She does not need to worry about that. What, what six-pack was she talking about? The little beverage in the hand or yeah, the, exactly. the no, six-pack uh, in the abs? She is really going to be missed. We talk about one of these citizens of uh, Tennis Nation that everybody likes, who brings a certain level of intellect. She's really going to be missed here. Former top 10 player. And by the way, I thought it was interesting. She said she was going to announce it 
during Toronto, but then Serena's article in Vogue came out, so that actually helped her along. We've got our upset picks on the way. A reminder to get the U.S. Open experience delivered to your door. It is the U.S. Open at-home suite filled with premium and exclusive merchandise like the official on-court towel, Honey Deuce Cups. Jeannie's serving on Sunday. Much more. Visit the usopenshop.org today. Upsets on the way. TC Live at the U.S. Open is brought to you in part by Cadillac. Be iconic. Welcome back. Minutes away from first ball at the U.S. Open. People Magazine stars in the stands. This is Serena Williams' player box. Tiger Woods in the house. And he was, he was like the biggest cheerleader out there. Who's fist bumping bigger than Serena? Mm-hmm. Bring some intensity, right? Huge and intensity. and some street goat. credibility. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of said that. Go, goat respecting goat. I but like uh, this was not a passive observer. <laughs> uh, our next star in the stands, Zendaya of Euphoria fame. She's actually filming a, a, a tennis movie up in Boston. 151 million Instagram followers. That's how many you have, Jeannie, right? Not even close. <laughs> but, you know, she's getting some good education for her tennis um, yeah, yeah, right. movie. So she's like, there's nothing better to watch right now than Serena at the U.S. Open. So cool. Uh, for more People Magazine stars in the stands, go to people.com. See who else is there tonight for the Williams Sisters doubles. I mean, they bring in out all of the celebrities. Oh, I hear the tune, John. There we go. We requested <laughs> that from our audio friend, Scott. Here's our stat of the day. Uh, we were talking before with Prakash about Essa Bagel. How about Ega Bagels? These are uh, six <laughs> love sets. And here we are the first day of September. So a lot of tennis still left to be played. 18 bagels already by Ega this year. She's got a shot at Serena's record. Nine years ago, and with her next six love set, she will overtake Kim Clijsters. That's a lot of humiliation in one tennis season. She's dispensing. It's a lot of carbohydrates. There we go. Carbohydrates. Yeah. Oh, that is with right. Seven, seven pieces of bread for every bagel. You ever hear really? that? Really? Yeah. No. no more bagels. Another. <laughs> you should have saved that stat. J-Dubs, you should have saved that stat. Chocolate chip yeah, bagels that's even more, right? tomorrow. <laughs> right. Here's our order of play on Ash Stadium today. Starting with Iga Sviantek and Sloane Stevens, Carlos Alcaraz in action. A first-round doubles match headlining the night session. I love to see it. Venus and Serena, good, good stuff there. Before we go, though, Paul, I, I got to get you to shout out the, the shoes. The take away, yeah. What, what are these kicks that you're this wearing right now? This is the uh, on Ronnie Feig, um, Roger, Roger Federer, Federer right. collaboration. And, Kith. Uh, yeah, my son uh, is the COO of Kith, and... These bad boys are sharp. Makes an old guy like me look good, don't you think? I love them, yeah. Matching socks? Exactly. Look at the... Uh, Steve, would you like that? Pink pink with my tie, Steve. (laughs) Pink with my tie. Come on, guys. Jeannie, you don't have any of these? Uh, I know somebody. I'm not cool enough. (laughs) I feel like New Balance would let you wear kits. You couldn't wear, like, Nike. Wait till you see my New Balance ones I'm bringing tomorrow. Okay. He has the best New Balance I've got some serious (laughs) New Balance tomorrow. (laughs) Uh, What's your upset, Paul? I think I got to win. I got to get one, don't I, you guys? Yeah. What do you got? I got uh, Sabalinka going down to Kanepi. Kanepi. Oh, she's the, I was gonna say, the killer of all. Exactly. <laughs> what do you think? That's a good Giant pick. Okay. That's your, uh, Kanepi has beaten come on. big stars. Upset here specialist. I'm exactly. 0 for 2 this week. I'm due. Kanepi what do you guys over got? Sabalenka. What do you Jenny? guys got? 
I got Brandon Nakashima beating Grigor Dimitrov. B-Nak, as we fondly call him, was my partner at World Team Tennis years ago, and I just love him. So I don't know if this is based on emotion or facts, but we're going with B-Nak. We'll is that see. an upset? That's pretty... On paper. On paper. On paper. Right. We're going by All right, you got official it. rankings. That's a good... I like that pick. I like that. Um, who I have? I, I, I think Sloan's got a real shot against Iga. They're starting the day session. Sloan, we, we all know about the ups and the downs, but she's played... The last hour that she played against Greet Minnan was terrific. Sloan Stevens tennis. These two had a very close match in Cincinnati. I think Sloan's got a real chance to take down the number one player in the world today. I like it. I like that. I like all three of those. That's I'm going Linda Fruvertova. Oh, good. That's a yes. good one. She's going to take out Muguruza. We all, we all think Rafa's, wow. Rafa getting by Fonini. We don't know. Uh, we don't want to so. go out there. Yeah, I got no, so. Rafa's going to do it. All right. Yeah. I picked him to win the whole thing. Uh, not only do we have the Williams sisters in action tonight, we've got Coco Goff, the number yeah, one right. doubles player right. in the world. And Jess Pagula, they are in action as well. Our New Balance player resume. By the way, they're on grandstand. Kokonakis and Kyrgios are on Louis Armstrong. I mean, this is a big doubles day at the U.S. Open. Number one in double second. Youngest ever to do it. Gina, you play some doubles here and there. How good is Coco? Oh, she's great. She has great hands at the net and also a good anticipation of when to move for the poach, for the volley. Um, it's just something that I think people have a bit naturally, but also something you can practice. And I think doubles is just great in general to practice the serve, the return. So all these players that are playing doubles, it's a good move. Mm -hmm. I give her so much credit for that. And I feel like that, that happened, that number one ranking. Serena made a comeback at Cincinnati. Rafa made a comeback. It didn't quite get its due. But here we have a teenager who's a ascending star. And right now she's the number one doubles player in the world. I mean, just a, a quick clap of the hands. That's really tremendous. Her and Jess. Well, Jess is top ten in both singles and doubles. Coco, she's going to get to that top ten in singles. Number one in doubles. It's five o'clock somewhere, and guess what? We've got Grey Goose Honeydews being... Go. Now you guys are talking being poured out. This is. Why don't we have them on set? Which Sunday? You're Sunday. You are making us It should be every honeydews. day, but okay. So, <laughs> I'll bring the melon balls, and uh, go. we're good to go. All right. Thanks, everybody, for watching TC Live at the U.S. Open. First ball coming up. We'll see you tomorrow morning.